the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Anyone who has watched the holiday classic, It's a Wonderful Life, can fondly recall Clarence, the lovable guardian angel sent to Earth to aid George Bailey in his time of need. Clarence helped George see the value in his life, and George helped Clarence earn his wings. This touching story has led many to wonder if there really are angels by our side and what their role may be in our lives. Today's guest, Lorna Byrne, has been seeing and talking to angels since she was a baby. Lorna offers us a unique insight into the angelic help that is available to us all the time. As Lorna says... All you have to do is ask. Lorna is a spiritual teacher, international best-selling author, and philanthropist. She's the author of seven best-selling books, including Angels in My Hair, A Message of Hope from the Angels. Welcome, Lorna. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure to be talking with you, Joan. So let's have fun. Well, I am so excited about our conversation because I have always been fascinated with the topic of angels, uh, and, and I and I believe that angels are with us all the time. So I'm really excited about hearing what you have to say. But I want to start off by talking a little bit about your life and your backstory. What is your earliest memory of seeing an angel? And my first memory of seeing seeing an angel now, I was an infant and just lying in my cot and, and trying to reach up and touch them. Um, I didn't know they were angels. And say maybe when I was about, you know, two, two and a half, playing with my my brother um, Christopher in front of the fire and it was when we were playing with little blocks my dad had had made and um, our hands touched and it was like as if his hand went into mine and mine went into his and he, what would I say all as I can say is I just felt so much love and I laughed and giggled because I was only a young child and it was at that moment that the angels had said that they were angels and my little brother was a soul I didn't know I didn't know that and I was to keep it a secret so I have seen the angels, they have guided me all the way through my life you know I see a guardian angel with every single human being across the world um, and and when you lose a loved one they're, they're not dead it's only their physical body and they can be right there beside you as well at the moments that, that you need them. And that kind of leads to one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about angels were they human at one point how did they come to be in the in the role that they have and that the job that they have? Um, that's a lovely question. Angels were created long, long, long ago, and um, before you and I were even thought of in any in any way. Um, it's like as if that's the first thing that God had created was was these angels. And every soul, so every human being has a guardian angel, and they're there all of the time um, for us to help us to guide us. And there's many other angels as well. And the soul of your loved one, and I, I love that part of the question as well. Your soul, your soul and the soul of your loved one is more than any angel ever could be. You know the way we put angels on pedestals? Well, the angels have us on pedestals. It should be the opposite way around. And I love that. And, and when 
when someone says my loved one is an angel in heaven and the angels love that they love that expression of love but your loved one is more than any angel ever could be Lorna, I think that's beautiful because I've lost my entire family, my parents and my siblings. And to have the the belief that they are always with me, I think that's so comforting and it's just so beautiful. Yeah, no, the the souls of your loved ones are always with you. They they come and go. They're there every second you need them. It's like time doesn't, you know, the way time, we have everything set in time as a human being. But the soul of your loved one and the angels and even God doesn't have everything set in time because there's no such thing as time, really. Um, so I, I do love that. Sometimes, you know, I might look out the window out onto the street and I would see the soul of a loved one walking with someone as well as the guardian angel and maybe other angels as well. And I would often see the soul of a loved one whispering into someone's ear, you know, into, into the person. How would I say the soul of your loved one, when you're grieving, they do everything to help you to to grieve, to get used to the loss of them humanly. But they are there spiritually with you. And, and, and to me, that's just a very important thing to remember. And they're perfect. If they had been sick or killed or whatever may have happened, and their soul is perfect. They are perfect. They are happy. They're they're full of joy. They they don't hold any anger or hate. All of that is gone. And um, it's like, how would I say, they're pure love. And that's what your soul is, is pure love. So, Lorna, so if angels if you are... Ever, Go ahead, please. I was going to say, you know, sometimes when someone loses a loved one, they, they would tell me that, you know, I had a row with them, you know, and they must be angry with me. The soul of your loved one is never angry with you, or never hates you, loves you, and adores you. Lorna, you said we have a guardian angel. Is that person assigned to us from cradle to death? Yes, um, I love, I love that. That guardian angel was assigned to you before you were even conceived. When your soul was created in heaven, that angel was was assigned, and that angel came with you at the moment of conception and stays with you, never leaves you for one second. Like I know people often laughed at that and, and they would say, oh, was my guardian angel in the bathroom with me? What would they think of that? And of course, your guardian angel will be in the bathroom with you. But your guardian angel just sees this beautiful person and that is unique. And your guardian angel loves you unconditionally. You know, they have so much love for us and is the gatekeeper of your soul just wants to protect you as much as possible, but it can't overstep your free will. So you always have the choice and um, to say yes or no to something in that in that way. So your guardian angel never, never leaves you. Is our guardian angel kind of in the background pulling the strings, you know, like guiding us? And and how can we befriend, for lack of a better word, using a human word, how can we learn to identify who this angel is? And is there a way we can befriend it? I, I always say to, to everyone, um, you know, just say hello to your guardian angel. You know, you give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance to have more faith and to believe that there's more in life and that, that you have a soul, that spark of light, God, and that you have been given this guardian angel as a gift. And it's here in this world with you. And, and even then, when you die, your human body dies, it goes straight to heaven with you. It can never be anyone else's guardian angel. It's always yours. And I would just say the first thing to do is say hello to your guardian angel. You know, and then when you're ready, ask for its name. It can give you part of its name because the guardian angel's name seems to have so many letters in it. That's what they have showed me. And I, I don't understand it. And, and it usually is the first thought that comes into your mind. Or it could be a sign that you're given. You, you have asked, but nothing crossed your mind at all. And suddenly somebody says, oh, I love this song called whatever it may be called. And sometimes that can be your guardian angel's name. You know that's your guardian angel's name. And it can be such a simple name, but maybe not a name that you understand. It could be a name in another language or a language that you have never heard. Or it could be, you know, your guardian angel's name could be S. 
you know, it can be so simple in mm-hmm. that in that way. Your guardian angel's name can be John or Mary or whatever name sometimes that you recognize, but it's only part of your guardian angel's name, a tiny part. And never think of changing it. Never, you know, when, when you receive it, don't doubt it. You know, you could have asked and you're reading a book and suddenly a particular word stands out. And then as you keep reading the book, turning the pages, you're finding this word is standing out all of the time. That's your guardian angel trying to tell you, that's my name. And so our angels are here to guide us. And, you know, talking from a human point of view, because especially me, I'm the type of person that needs to see things and get answers. And so, you know, we're, we're having to act on faith, but are they always making their presence known, but we just miss it? Yes, the angels are always making their presence known. And, and we just miss it because in the sense of we're looking for a human sign so clear that um, we believe that, that we would trip over it. You know what I mean? Right. In that In that way. Um, so your guardian angel is always giving signs. And, and one of the most common signs that people ask for is a feather. But if, if you're having an issue, it's like, you know, ask your guardian angel for, for help and, you know, do your best to listen, but don't over listen. It's like you suddenly know you should make that phone call or you suddenly know I should go to the shops now or I should go to my boss and ask this question. It's always, in in the sense, it's always made quite clear to you that we doubt ourselves. And sometimes then we kind of, because everybody else is giving us advice, telling us to go, you know, the other direction or to say something completely different. So in a sense, we ignore our guardian angel and we go and say what everyone else is telling us to say, or we go in that other direction. And everyone knows this happens to us many, many a times. You know, when you kick yourself and you say, that's an expression we use here in Ireland, we kick ourselves and we say, I knew I should have said the other thing, or I knew I should have gone the other way. Um, so I would always say, try try and listen. It's like sometimes I use the example, if you have a glass of water on the table or a cup of tea and you're being told to move it, now it could be anything. And for, you know, you don't bother move it, but then later on it gets knocked over or it gets spilt or, or you forget it. It could be, you know, something that you were to take with you. Um, and you knew you were to put it in your bag at that time, but you didn't, you know, and then you forgot it. It's saying, Oh, that is your guardian angel telling you, put it into your bag now. You see the angels at work in in your life. I mean, I just came off of a weekend. I had a challenging weekend personally. And as soon as Monday came around, the first thing I saw was this. I I had stayed off social media. and, And as soon as I went on LinkedIn on Monday, I saw this quote that was a direct it was a direct answer, really, a response to what I had gone through all weekend. And since then, I've had four different occurrences that were directly helping me with what I just went through. And I believe it was my guardian angel and, and anyone else that I've been calling in to help. And so I, I think when we take the time and we're mindful and we pay attention, I, I think we would see these miracles all day long. Yeah, I we, we definitely would see them all because they happen every day in, in our lives, every, every minute. Um, but I think at times we're just so, so stressed. And, you know, you didn't miss on Monday seeing that message. That was a message for you, but it was probably a message as well for millions of other people across the world. But they missed it. Mm-hmm. They may have seen it, but missed it, you know, in that in that way. Um, and I, I suppose, again, it's, you know, we are so stressed at times that we don't stop, you know, and slow down you know, and and just say to ourselves, I want to connect. I know I'm going to get through this. I know I'm going to have the, the strength. I know I'm going to have the courage and I can take one step at a time. That's one thing the angels have always taught me, you know, take one step at a time, you know, and, and don't be so worried if, you know, you're heading in one direction and then suddenly, you know, you have to turn, go and turn Um I, I suppose maybe just to say to your your listeners, I don't really read. I know I have written the books, but 
I'm severely dyslexic and you know the angels have been there in my life all all of the time and they have guided me and I guess you know just like there's loads of miracles in my life there is loads of miracles in your life as well and it is in a sense maybe for for listeners for others out there just to sit back for a moment and allow yourself to see those blessings to see those miracles because they're all around you and the biggest miracle is that you you're alive you know you have a guardian angel you have a soul you have friends i know you said your family you have lost most of your family but you still have family god provides family in different ways as well you know they come in through through friends through friendships and they may come and go but they're, they're there for the time that you need them and not to be afraid of you know asking for help the angels have always taught me archangel michael and archangel gabriel and angel hosis they would say to me you're fearful and you're afraid you know even as a child when i had to cross the stream they would tell me don't be afraid just look we'll guide you take one step at a time and i would always get to the far side we will all make it to the far side and then again when we get to the far side it's it's our choice what we want to do next Laura, when you say you see angels what do you actually see um i i see them physically if you were here in the room with me i would see your guardian angel now when when i was a child i saw the guardian angel in its full glory as i i call it because they're a different light than other angels um so they close down that light so most of the time i just see a beam of light behind someone unless um that guardian angel wants to convey something to me about the person you know maybe maybe i have to pray and ask for for the person in in some way um other times just like archangel michael no um people have said to me lona i saw you with this um young man who was he and i knew they were talking about archangel michael um and he would always dress in the clo- clothing um of wherever i am one of the the incidents i have put in angels in my hair and that's where i was walking in minot college and archangel michael came along and walked with me and he was dressed as a priest and i had to smile because two priests that passed us by um with their prayer books um said hello to archangel michael you know and said good morning to him they completely ignored me as if i was invisible but they saw him and that should happen I always say to people to remember if, if if you see an angel they're perfect even their clothing is perfect and and you will notice the light about them and um, they dim that light but many people around the world will claim that they saw an angel or an angel helped them or an angel was there talking to them during a trauma that they were going through and sometimes that is you know what what you call it a life saving you know maybe an accident and and sometimes you know they would say to to the rescue workers or the ambulance men you know where where is the other person gone the other doctor that has been here with me all the time mm-hmm. and the ambulance crew turn around and say we're the first on the scene so you angels know, can take human form they yeah they they do um on on occasions they do that and um, for me i see them physically as i said i see you but to me that's normal i don't know what the world looks like through your eyes because i have seen them and i always thought they were part of my family i thought my mom and dad saw them and as i i grew i realized you know how important it was to keep it a secret because they kept on reminding me constantly but again that was because i'm dyslexic and way back in Ireland if you had any learning difficulty you were considered retarded you know but look at where I am now so I can read or write it doesn't matter Lorna why do you, you know, think I, you were chosen I I I don't know because to me I'm just an ordinary person mm-hmm. you know I I don't know and um, 
sometimes I would say to God, you know, why didn't you choose someone else? I would often say to God, why didn't you choose a man? You know, why me? Why why someone um, severely dyslexic with learning difficulties in that in that way, and ended up with no education, you know, grew up very poor, you know, um, you know, so many ups and downs. Why? Because men are listened to. I would often argue with God, you know, saying that like the world will listen to a man, but they don't listen to women in the same way, you know, in that in that way. And so I, I don't I don't really know, but, you know, I believe everyone can see angels. And I believe in the future, because I have been shown in the future, that everyone will see angels. We will see them physically like I see them. And a mother or a father or a grandparent will say to a child's guardian angel, I'm going down to the shops now, keep an eye on the little one. And the guardian angel will respond to that grandparent or that mother. I know that will happen in the future. It's like I've been showing the intertwining. We're we're on a journey, a spiritual journey. The world is changing and it's it's to become conscious of our soul. We're not just, you know, a human being, we're a spiritual being as well. We have that spark of light that is enormous and yet so tiny. And it's like the intertwining of the body and the soul that we get to the stage where we don't get sick and this planet is fantastic it's absolutely beautiful and i know at the moment our planet is in danger and we are in in danger but there's great hope there we can do it i know we can god wouldn't have shown me so many incredible futures that all come together as one you know and unless they're going to happen are you able to share any of those with us, Lorna? Well, well, I have been shown where, as I said, you know, everyone sees the angels. You know, they're, they're, they're part of our family, part of our community. And um, I have been shown where all religions and none pray together. There's no division anymore. There is so much love and compassion and hope. And where our planet, there's no such thing as war or there's... How would I say it? It's like countries. How would I say it? I, I don't know what way I said it in one of the books, but each country grows whatever food we grow and then we share it with the rest of the world. We don't sell it. We share it. If, if there's a country that has had difficulty in, you know, maybe there wasn't enough rain or something like that, um, and another country has surplus, we send it. We don't look for money. And to me, that's such a big change because at the moment, everything is about money and wealth, you know, but but to see that love and that compassion, it's like someone knocking on your door and they're hungry. I always remember being told a story about a little boy, you know, and he was hungry and he knocked on loads of doors. And then when he knocked on one door, the woman opened and she said, hold on. And she got him a glass of milk and she gave him that glass of milk. And that changed that little boy's life. You know, God brought him on a path because of that kindness, because of that love. And how would I say that little boy, as he grew, changed other people's lives as well. It's like a knock-on effect. We save our planet. Um, so we have to become so conscious of our planet and, and nature. And the angels taught me everything out in nature. It's like we have forgotten how to, you know, reconnect again with our beautiful planet. That's right. a gift. You know, sometimes when you're given a gift for free, you kind of, you know, put no value on it. It doesn't matter if it breaks or, you know, all that kind of thing. And I suppose that's what we have done with our planet. It has been a gift and, and we put no value on it. We just kept taking. Um, but there's lots of hope there. I want your listeners to know that. That is very important. And to give themselves a chance to believe in their guardian angel and to believe that they have a soul and, and that your loved ones are right there with you as well. They're not dead, only their body. That is all. And you will see them again. You know, 
And our loved ones give us so many messages all of the time because your guardian angel calls them in because you have to remember you knew your loved one. You, what would you say, you could sense them, you could smell them. Like some people would say to me, I can smell my granny, I can smell my child, and nobody smokes in my house. Um, but suddenly I got a smell of cigarettes and I knew it was my dad or my son or, or my daughter, you know, because they were alive humanly once. Luna, is there anything that we need to do? You were saying that the angels are going to make their presence more known and be a bigger part of our lives. Is there anything we need to do? Do we need to raise our vibration? Do we need to live with more kindness? What's the role we have in making that happen? I think the role that, that we all have is becoming conscious of our guardian angel. And again, with more love, compassion and hope and forgiveness you know, not to be not to be angry, to forgive and not to judge. And I believe we're getting there, even though we might think we're we're not, but I will never give up on hope. I will never give up on on mankind as as such, you know. So it's like you, you can use the word raise your vibration, but it's no point raising your vibration if you're not going to love yourself and love others and love nature. You know, it's no good raising your vibrations if you're not going to look after nature as well, whether that is your garden, you know, or the birds around you or or any little critters around you. Um, When you see someone in tears or someone reaching out for a helping hand, if you can give them a helping hand, you, you must give them a helping hand. You know, and sometimes it's only opening a door or giving a smile. You know, those two simple things can save someone's life. You know, so if you're going to say to yourself, I want to raise my vibrations, I want to become more conscious of my soul, say good morning to your guardian angel, but say good morning to your soul as well. And and ask for the help to love you more so you can love the world more and everyone in it and all of nature. So those vibrations can be coming from you, but you're receiving them as well. And it's changing everything that is all around you. The book is Angels in My Hair, A Message of Hope from the Angels. If you would like to learn more about Lorna and her work, you can visit LornaBurn.com. That's B-Y-R-N-E, LornaBurn.com. Lorna, in about 30 seconds or less, what is the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would love to leave everyone with with love. You know, if you feel that you're not loved, remember I love you, God loves you, and your guardian angel loves you. You are loved, and to know that there is lots of hope, and I would never turn you away. You are loved. That's what I would love everyone to give, as much love as they can out into the world, but they must love themselves as well. Lorna, thank you so much for spending this time with us. You're welcome. My pleasure. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path. Personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. An invitation to appear on a radio show or podcast provides you with the opportunity to showcase your knowledge while promoting yourself, your products, and your business. It can elevate you as an expert, boosting your reputation, but only if you make a good impression. 
As a producer and radio host who has conducted more than 2,000 interviews, I have experienced all kinds of conversations. Some are great and leave the audience wanting more, while others are uninteresting, significantly diminishing the guest's appearance. In my training program, It's Your Time to Shine, I provide valuable information that will empower you to make media appearances more impactful. You work hard to get the booking, so don't waste the opportunity because of a lack of skills or preparation. To learn more about how I can help you shine like a pro, visit cyacyl.com slash media training. That's cyacyl.com slash media training. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete, and in an instant, your world flips. And your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. This is WNYF, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. Our next guest, Rachel Nader, has written an inspirational book, Love Notes from Jesus, which she believes presents a message of love, understanding, and the reminder of our divine magnificence. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. What a perfect time of year to be having this. this Oh, it is. And so tell us about your book, Love Notes from Jesus. How did you get inspired to write this collection? So it started when I was living um, almost about two years ago now. Um, It started when I was living on Kauai in Hawaii. And it was going through a very uh, dark period of life. There was a lot of change, a lot of uncertainty, um, and I wasn't you know, really grounded in anything familiar that I I had been, you know, grounded in before in my life. I had been working as a registered nurse and, you know, with COVID and everything, um, all of that had sort of changed and I wasn't sure where my life was going to go. And so in a moment of true, your desperation, because I I had had, you know, a bad head injury before that. And I had, um, you know, been waking up sort of with this, like this, feeling of anxiety is how I was labeling it at the time. I had no idea, you know, that it was God's presence attempting to move through me. And so for about two weeks, I was waking up with this overwhelming feeling of anxiety and uncertainty and and panic. And I had been teaching yoga and meditation for over a decade at that point. And I finally exhausted was like, okay, you know, remember, I have the tools, you know, I can sit with this, I can you know, try to meditate and see what this is and, and move it. And almost as soon as I sat down on my meditation um, rug and mat, it was just this overwhelming energy, this heart energy, this presence that just sort of came through my back heart and just expanded out into my, my body and into my auric field, my energetic field. And it was this overwhelming, this, you know, we, we hear all the time the, a peace which surpasses all understanding. And that's exactly what it was. It was this overwhelming feeling of love. And when I asked, I said, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what is this? What, what is going on? What is this presence? And Jesus came through loud and clear <laughs> with, um, you know, the initial message in the book of you're not alone. And I've been here this whole time. And, you know, this feeling that you're experiencing, that you're labeling as anxiety is really your heart attempting to open and to allow the light of divine love to come through it and to work through you. And so after that, I was just sort of completely in awe. And I, you know, took down the message and and fell asleep and really sort of in shock and awe of what had come through. And over the next week or two, Rachel? not having experienced it before. Well, yes, that's a, oh, yeah. you just answered my question. I was going to ask you, had anything like this ever happened before? No, you know, I had been uh, a practicing yogi and a practicing meditator uh, before. And I was familiar with energy and how it moves through the body. 
Um, but I, nothing like this had ever happened to me before. So I was quite flabbergasted, <laughs> um, you know, and sort of taken aback when this happened because of, of the magnitude of it, of, of the, the volume of love and um, divine energy that was wanting to come through me. And so for the next two weeks, you know, because at the time I, I was, I had no work. I had been working as a birth doula and, you know, hospitals weren't allowing doulas in at the time. And so I hadn't started writing yet. I hadn't been in the hospital and I, you know, had the time where I could just sit and allow and practice. And so over those next two weeks, as I said, I just sat in meditation and I said, okay, okay, Jesus, like, what do you have, you know, to say to me? I have all these questions for you. And so I just began to ask some questions and allow myself to receive his answers. And, and shortly after that period, a few months later, it became uh, my book, Love Notes from Jesus. And, um, you know, the book, people ask me all the time, how, how long did this take you to write this? How, you know, what, what was your process? And I say, well, I, I really don't know. It just kind of happened. It, it, it flowed, the book uh, flowed in about the space of four or five days. And so within a month, um, I had, you know, this book and the name uh, with me. And, um, you know, fortunately, my mom is, has been a graphic designer my whole life and has run her own business. And so she was able to help me format it and we designed the cover together. So that really added a very uh, special mana, or as we say in Hawaii, energy to uh, the whole project. So it translated uh, very beautifully. Will you uh-huh. share yeah. some of the messages from the book with us? What are some of the key messages from the book? Sure. Um, so what I do with the book, I have it on my nightstand <laughs> right next to my bed. And um, a practice that I have is that before bed, I'll open it, just do a random page. You know, I'll say, Jesus, what uh, wisdom do you have for me before I go to sleep? Or what wisdom do you have uh, for me in the morning before I start my day? Um, and this one is on page 50 is the message actually that I, I woke up to <laughs> this morning. Um, and it's called All of It. And it says, you are already perfect just as you are. I should know. I counted every hair on your head before you were even born. And there's nothing else to do except to be here with me. Being here is enough. Who would have ever thought that all the earth needs are your gentle footsteps and the sheer light of your presence? So be kind to that stranger in the shop. He is you and she is me, Jesus which I think is a great message now for the holiday season too that we're in because this is, you know, how it always sort of flows with him, um, you know, to go out there and to just be kind to people uh, because we are, you know, reflected within each other. Rachel, is there a theme that flows through each of these messages? There are definitely themes. I think the overarching uh, theme of the whole book is um, allowing yourself to open your heart and awaken the heart so that you yourself can become a conduit of receptivity to divine messages and divine love yourself. Um, Because, you know, the age, the quote-unquote age of the guru is passing. It's over. And so what that means to me when I receive that message is we are at a time now on the planet where all of our hearts are awakening to divine love and to the power of that, the peace and the unity that that brings all of us. And really, it's about, you know, at at this time on the planet, waking up to that and sort of removing those blocks, or as Jesus always says, the concrete from your divine house. He always refers to the heart as the divine house, uh, because it, it really is the seat of the soul, you know. And so I think that is really the main message or the essence of all of these messages um, in the book. And, you know, there's a lot, too, um, that connects. And for me, I'm, you know, I'm a big nature girl. I'm happiest out when I'm in the mountains or in the ocean. You know, I was kind of reading back the book um, the other day, sort of meditating in the woods, as I usually do, because that, for me, is how I receive. And, um, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, wow, there's so much beauty about our connection to the Divine Mother through our connection to the Earth. So that's also, I think, maybe the, uh, a large theme uh, which Jesus touches on in the book, which is so beautiful because, you know, we forget, I think, um, that we can connect to the Divine through connecting to the Earth. Do you believe we can all receive Divine messages like this? 
I do. I really do. And I think, you know, touching on, on that, as I said uh, before, that divine messages are, are available to us, you know, all day, every day. You know, it, it, and it comes to all of us in a different way, right? I, I think that the divine uh, creator speaks to us in ways that he knows we'll recognize. And so, you know, for example, if, you know, your mother recently passes away, we'll say, and, you know, cardinals were her favorite bird. And, you know, you're walking, you know, on a woodland path, and all of a sudden you're thinking, gosh, I miss you, Mom, and you get that feeling in your heart, and a cardinal flies in front of you. And you just know that it was a sign from your mother. That is all the divine reaching through the fabric of, of this planet and our, our awareness to say, hey, I'm here. We're all, we're all here with you. And so I think the important thing is to allow the heart to open and allow yourself um, to be present within that open heart so that it makes receiving and knowing easier. I believe we all receive them. I know I do. And it's only recently that I've started to really pay attention to it. But I think what happens with most of us, we get that feeling, like you said, we just know something or we get that idea that pops in our head or that feeling in our stomach and we write it off. We don't pay attention to it. But I think that is all divine guidance trying to help us through this journey of life. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I find uh, for myself now, you know, because when it was first starting to happen, when Love Notes from Jesus was first coming through, um, I, you know, put blocks up. I said, oh, my gosh, you know, my mind told me that, oh, this is, you know, your head injury acting up and you're not well. And, you know, you're still experiencing anxiety, you know, from your healing process, which absolutely wasn't true, you know. And so that is the mind getting in the way of the heart. And so when that heart space is open, you know, we're, we're more aware. And what happens is the miracles of the knowing the divine are just everyday occurrences. You know, the sun comes out from behind the cloud at exactly the right time to, you know, bathe your face when you were crying. Or, you know, a lady on the train says, wow, that really looks beautiful on you. Or, you know, a man behind you in line says, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, may you be blessed. You know, that's all we begin to recognize all of that as the flow of creator uh, through and in our lives. Rachel, you have a new program now that's being offered. Can you tell us about it? Certainly. It's called Resurrecting the Heart. And this is a program that came to me in a time of deep meditation, as things uh, always and usually do, when I was um, hiking in the woods. And I was having a conversation with Jesus, as I usually do when I'm hiking um, or out in nature, really, anywhere. And I said, Jesus, how can I help people? How can I give them a roadmap back to living from joy, from living in the miracles, the everyday miracles that come from having an open heart. Um, and he said very loudly and audibly to me, they have to remember the four pillars of the heart. And I said, wow, you know, I just, I sort of stopped and it was a moment, you know, like one of those moments where the, the day was cloudy and gray and kind of cold and just the sun just opened up through the clouds right where I, I was standing. And I said, okay, well, what, what does that mean? What are the four pillars of the heart? And he said to me, they're kindness, compassion, forgiveness, and love. Um, and so they truly are a simple yet very profound roadmap back to living that love-filled life. Um, and they're very accessible yet deeply transformative uh, when we put them into action in our lives. And um, when we do, things begin to shift, energy becomes unstuck, and the love that then flows in abundance in our lives not only creates miracles within our own conscious awareness, but it ripples out into our families and into our communities and to our cities. And that, in my humble opinion, is how we change the world. We affect that change, which increases the vibration of love on the planet. You know, because we've been led to believe, I think, that healing has to be some long, drawn-out road, and we have to suffer, and it has to completely take us over, and we have to, you know, experience this dark night of the soul. But I think with this roadmap, we don't have to. 
if we can incorporate kindness and if we can bring in compassion and, you know, forgiveness can be a difficult one. Uh, but for me, it's been the most transformative, you know, and, um, ultimately love is what ties them all together and so we will be journeying through one of the most sacred times of the year which is uh, what we know as um, the Christmas period to the Easter period so we'll begin December 26th and we'll end um, April 10th on Easter day and this time um, Jesus showed me on the planet um, is one of transformation rebirth, and ultimate resurrection. And so we'll be utilizing the sacred energy of that time on the planet in order to sort of dig deep into these four pillars uh, within our own lives and use that to transform, awaken, and open hearts so that we can live love from this ecstatic place of connection to divine loving source. Because I believe and the divine believes, Jesus believes, the, the great mother believes that it is our inherent birthright to live from this abundant place. And so it's now my passion to help people also live from that space. I'm honored and um, excited all at once. The book is Love Notes from Jesus, 133 Messages of Light from the Loving Heart of Christ. If you would like to learn more about the book, or Rachel's program, Resurrecting the Heart, you can visit rachellahalamarie.com. That's L-A-H-E-L-A, rachellahalamarie.com. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been just wonderful. Every time we connect, it's magic, and I so appreciate this container that you've created. So thank you, too. And the work you're doing is beautiful, so thank you for sharing with us. This is Conversations (laughs) with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How often do you pause to take in the beauty of a sunrise or sunset and then close your eyes and imagine you are the one who painted the sky? Hi, I'm Allison Ayati. I'm a musician, sound practitioner, and the creator of The Sound Life, an app for relaxation and meditation through sound and music. Wonder and imagination are powerful tools for crafting the life you want. Wonder is essential because it makes you ponder the incredible mysteries of life, nurturing a thirst for knowledge. Imagination is critical because it fosters the ability to consider attaining what has not yet been obtained. To wonder and imagine are invaluable tools to create the life you desire. What is manifestation if it is not first the gathering of knowledge and visualizing how to use it to create the life you want? One way to cultivate expertise is by quieting your mind through a meditative activity. Watching the sunrise or set can be meditative. Controlled fluid movement can be meditative. Regulated breathing can be meditative. And listening to certain types of music can be meditative. To foster wonder and your imagination, try sound meditation. I'm Allison Ayati, and I hope all your dreams come true. To learn more, go to livingthesoundlife.com. Sound meditation is not a replacement for medical or psychological intervention. Do you have thoughts that keep looping in your mind? Do you have trouble letting go of past events? If this sounds like you, then hypnosis can be the answer to help you to let go. Hi, I'm Mary Battaglia, a certified clinical hypnosis practitioner at Metro Hypnosis Center. Thoughts can keep us stuck and in a path and prevent us from moving forward. Negative or looping thoughts can overpower the mind and be consuming. When we focus on the past and have constant thoughts in our mind, then we are not present and able to enjoy the moment that we are in. So it's important to learn to clear the mind. So if you have that thought, then delete the thought or see the thought coming out of the mind and leaving. Create a new positive thought right away to replace it. Keep applying this technique when a negative or constant thought tries to come back. The more you do this, the easier it is to take back the control. This is one of many techniques that's used in hypnosis to clear the mind. I'm Mary Battaglia. For more information on hypnosis, go to metrohypnosiscenter.com. 
Fear is one of the most powerful forces in life. It affects the decisions we make and the actions we take. And while the primary role of fear is to keep us safe, it often becomes the obstacle that stands between us and our dreams and goals. Hi, this is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. You can allow fear to stop you from taking action, or you can face, challenge, and overcome it. There are rational fears, the ones that are based in reality, such as encountering a bear while on a hike in the woods. And there are irrational fears that keep us stuck. These are the stories we tell ourselves about outcomes we believe will happen. With no factual basis, they usually begin in childhood and remain with us until something is changed. These can be labeled destructive fears. While it's not always easy to recognize our fears and how they keep us stuck, here are a few clues that experts say may help us determine if our life is guided by fear rather than joyful freedom. You see only the downside. You avoid anything new or unknown. You stay small. You are indecisive. How can you move past the fear? First, become aware of what scares you and how you respond. Keep a journal, and when you recognize a fear, jot it down. Then write down how you react when fears arise. Keep track of anything that seems significant. Learning about your fears can help you transform them. Once you are aware of your thoughts and responses, you can employ a few strategies for change. Use your imagination for good. Instead of letting your thoughts take you down a dark hole, imagine yourself in the situation with a positive outcome. Take a time out. Don't react immediately and give yourself some time and space for analysis. Clear your mind by focusing on your breath, taking a walk, or participating in any activity that calms you down. Then, when your mind is clearer, analyze the situation with a new perspective. Talk to a friend or advisor. Gaining insight from someone on the outside can help you see a situation in a different light. Remember, fear is nothing more than false evidence appearing real. You can allow fear to stop you from taking action, or you can face, challenge, and overcome it. The choice is yours. Thank you for spending this time with me. For more empowering tips and strategies, visit joanherman.com. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.